Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. Amen. I, I guess I just want to know uh, kind of who I'm preaching to today, who I'm talking to today. Has anybody ever battled with anything like despair, despondency, discouragement, weariness? I'll get to you somewhere along the line. (laughs) Well, I'm going to talk tonight about the antidote for despair. You can put any other word you want there related to that, but the antidote for despair. For despair. Recently, we taught from this passage, in, in, and we're going to go back to it again, dig a little deeper tonight, from the book of Ephesians, chapter 3, and uh, verse 11. We've hung around this passage several times. Even Brother uh, Yadnicek was, was taking care of getting into this passage as well. It's such a rich passage. Ephesians, chapter 3, and verse 11. According to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by faith of him. We have boldness and access with confidence by faith with him. Wherefore, I desire that you faint not at my tribulation for you, which is your glory. That's an interesting verse. You know, I I desire that you faint not at my tribulation for you, which is your glory. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit, in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Let everybody say, Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the inspiration of your word. For your word, O oh God, is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, reaching into the recesses of our mind, getting into, Lord Jesus, the distinguishing between the soul and the spirit, and discerns our thoughts. O oh Lord, let your word discern us today, that we may learn your truth and your way. In Jesus' name, let everybody say amen. The antidote for despair. Lord bless you, you be seated. One of the most disturbing emotions that I've ever dealt with and dealt with with people in pastoring is the one where their heart has become discouraged. Or we would say they have lost the heart. They've lost their heart. Nothing is quite as disgusting and disturbing as discouragement, depression, and despair. 
losing one's heart puts one, I believe, on the, on the city limits of Quitsville. They're just one block away, one step away from throwing in the towel and quitting because that's the power of discouragement. That's the emotion of despair. I just quit. Hope is gone. A lot can happen in one's life to bring these kind of emotions or cause someone to lose heart, health problems. Anybody ever got a doctor's report that made your heart sink? Health problems, loss of a job, a broken relationship, emotional stress, financial problems, situations are just the vexation of everyday life. I believe the world needs a remedy for hopelessness. The world needs a remedy for despondency, but so does the people of God. We can sometimes push our way through discouragement, pull ourselves up by the bootstraps. Come on. David encouraged himself, and we preached that. But I want, I, want to, I, want to, I want to deal with it directly tonight. The Bible says, the writer of Proverbs said, heaviness in the heart will make a man stoop. It eventually wears on us. Heaviness of heart will make a man stoop. So Paul is talking to this group of church people that evidently had stooped shoulders. He said, I, I would ask you not to lose heart. Don't faint, is what he's saying. Don't become despondent because of fear or because of what I'm suffering on your behalf. Paul was dealing with some things that, that they partly were, were, were connected to and, and so evidently the Ephesian church and the saints here had become disheartened and discouraged Amen. When, when they were seeing the suffering of, of Paul. And so they, he said, don't be faint. Don't be faint. Don't lose heart as the Greek word means. It, it, it speaks about an act or behaving badly in some circumstance. This word can mean to, to convey the idea of, of being weary or being tired or being worn out. Amen. Because of, of weariness. And, and, and it's not just that he's upset. Not that they're just, you know, concerned. But there's, there's a, there's a, a, a I'm going to quit. Paul, you just quit. Just give up. Just quit this. I, 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 I want to throw the towel in. So Paul has encouraged these saints uh, that they shouldn't be weary. Weary comes in all forms of, uh, of different ways. He, he said to them, I desire that you faint not at my tribulation for you, which is your glory. Evidently, he's in a battle. He's suffering something and going through something that that, that produce weariness in the hearts of those that is watching. Have you ever dealt with a loved one that's went through something and you, you, you're just crushed by what they're going through and the weariness and the faintness sets in? Amen. How many know that mistakes, making mistakes in life can make one weary and faint in their mind? I, I, I just messed up. I, I just might as well quit. I might as well give in. I might as well. I, 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 I just can't do it anymore. Doubt can make someone 
become weary in their mind. Unbelief can make us have a, a, a be faint of heart. Delay, God delaying something, an answer to prayer. He doesn't show up when we think he ought to show up. Let me remind you what Paul said in Galatians 6 and 9. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Amen. It would be like the farmer that plants his, his crop and then he gets somewhere along the line. I, I'm just going to quit. I'm going to quit. I don't have a harvest yet, so I'm going to quit. How many know that you can get a little bit weary when the Lord's correcting you? Oh, hallelujah. I got my hand up. The writer of Hebrews in chapter 12 tells us that in verse 4, Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin, and ye have forgotten, and ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. Oh, I know how you handle it. I understand how you handle it. Oh, Lord, give me more. Rebuke some more. Chasing me some more. No, I, I, I don't care for the rebuke of the Lord. Sometimes I can get weary when that comes into my, my life. And so there's various things that can happen to us that produces despair, that produces weariness. But I've come to tell you that Paul understood it, that there is an antidote for despair. Look again at Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 11. According to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by faith of him. Wherefore, I desire that you faint not. Don't be weary. Don't be in despair at my tribulation for you, which is your glory. And here is the antidote. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. What is Paul saying? I don't want you to be faint so you're faint because of me but I'm going to pray for you I'm going to prayer because of you I don't want you to be faint but the way that you deal with being faint the way you deal with being uh, full of despair and weariness is something that seems to be so counterproductive how many of you when you're faint in your mind or weary in your mind the first thing you want to do is go run and go rush to prayer Messed up. Oh, I know how to deal with that weariness. I'm just going to run to prayer. No, I, I just don't know if I can do it. And we feel the pushback. When you get faint and weary, the first thing we want to do is run from prayer, not run to prayer. But the exact thing that will answer our weariness and despair is prayer. Paul said, I fall on my knees. That's not some little patty cake prayer. That's not like, you know, Somebody calls you or texts you and say, pray for me. And we say, oh, I, I will in two seconds. Lord, touch them, Jesus. Help them, Lord. Uh, I'll take a Big Mac and an order of fries. And, 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 uh, and uh, that's not the kind of prayer that he said. He said, I fall on my knees. I become urgent. I become uh, passionate about this prayer. I become uh, 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 involved and invested in this prayer. Why? Weariness is a killer. Despair is a killer. Despondency is a killer. But prayer is the antidote. 
Prayer is the antidote. So how do you handle despondency? How do you handle those moments where you're losing heart? Let's find a place and get on our knees. Let's find a place and get on our knees. Amen. Where are you going to turn? Paul said, for this cause, I bow my knees. For this cause, I pray. Amen. Don't know what you're going to do about your next situation with finances. For this cause, I bow my knee. Your body is, is, is uh, sick. Don't know what you're going to do about For this cause, I bow my knee. Lost your job. For this cause, I bow my knee. Relationship issues. For this cause, I bow my knee because uh, I refuse to become a prisoner of despair. I refuse to become a prisoner of the poison of weariness and, and, and and feigning. Amen. Jesus put it like this in Luke chapter 18 and verse 1. Amen. He said that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Men ought always to pray. Prayer is the great neutralizer of the toxins of grief. Prayer will neutralize dejection and rejection. Prayer will neutralize depression and sadness. Prayer will combat gloom, despair, and agony. Prayer will combat misery and woe and weariness and hopelessness. Let's take it to the Lord. I'm telling you, I know that it seems like a counterproductive move. Go pray. Oh, God's not. I need need an answer right now. I I need Ed McMahon to show up in my house. (coughs) For all you young folks, you can Google that later. How did he administer this antidote? Let's look and see how he administered this. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. When you're weary, when you're faint, appeal to the right source. Appeal to the right source. My Father. Jesus said, this is how you're to pray. Our Father. I know who my father is. I realize right now I'm dealing with the emotion of despair. I'm dealing with the emotion of being faint and weary. But I know who my father is. I know who my source is. This situation looks bad, but I know where I can go. My problems are beyond me, and I can't work it out. I can't get a loan big enough. I can't get a psychiatrist smart enough. I can't get it worked out. But my father, my father is the source. So what did he say? When you are weary and faint in your mind, here's what you do. Don't bite your nails. Don't wring your hands. Why don't you go to the father? Why don't you take it to the Lord? I realize this is so simple tonight, but I want to tell you it's in the simplicity of prayer that God begins to move in areas that we can't move ourselves. Somebody say hallelujah. Where'd I go? I go to my father. He created this world. It's how big my daddy is. He created this world. He originated redemption. Amen. Our Father which is in heaven. He's the king on his throne in heaven. 
I, I, I'm here on earth. I'm in Medora. He's in heaven. That means what happens to me, amen, doesn't change his power. He's not impacted by my depression. He's not impacted by my despair. He is in a, a whole different realm. He's God. He doesn't lose control when I lose control. When I'm upset, he's not upset. When I'm down, he is not down. Amen. That's why I appeal to our heavenly Father. When my answer is beyond me, I know where to go. When I can't work it out myself, my answer is in the Father. And then he also says, and of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. So he appeals in his prayer, <laughs> in victory over despair, he takes a pill. The antidote of prayer is I go to the Father. The next thing I know is I know what name to call upon. I know what name to call upon. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hallelujah. Somebody still believe in the name of Jesus? His name is power. His name is holy. His name is righteous. When Moses wanted to see the glory of the Lord, the Lord said in Exodus 33, I will make all my goodness pass before thee and will proclaim the name of the Lord. If you don't know what to pray and all you've got is Jesus, all you've got is Jesus, all you know is Jesus and you can't say anything else, amen, as the song tells us, there's something about that name. The psalmist said, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I know if you, if you I, I, I will tell you this, I cannot handle much news. I, I, I either get sick or mad or get mad and sick. I can't handle much news. Oh, no, no, no. But some trust in horses and some trust in chariots. But we're going to remember the name of the Lord our God. Hallelujah. It is a name according to Philippians 2 and 9. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. It's higher than despair. It's higher than despondency. It's higher than woe. It's higher than fainting. It's higher than weariness. It's higher than your problem. I've come to tell somebody today you are just a, 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 a little ways away from your antidote and that is going to the Lord in prayer. Go to the Lord in prayer. That's what Paul's teaching us here. Our Father. I go to my Father. I go and I understand the name. For this cause, I bow my knees. Somebody say, for this cause. Then he says, further, verse 16, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might. Somebody say power. To strengthen with power by his spirit in the inner man. Whenever despondency and despair attacks, there is such a feeling of helplessness. A feeling of, I don't know how, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing that I can say. Fainting. That's the feeling of the people of Ephesus. They were growing faint. 
And so what Paul said, here's what we're going to do now, is we're going to pray that God grant you, that God gives you, that God reaches to you, everything you need according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power by his spirit in the inner man. God wants us to know that the way we combat things that happen in the physical is by power in the inner man. Amen. What kind of power is Paul praying for these weary Ephesians? Power so that their circumstance would no longer have dominion over them. So that despair would no longer have dominion over them. So that their financial issues, so that their, their, their relationship issues, it doesn't mean that everything's okay and everything's straight. No! You're still got your problem, Paul. You're still dealing with your issue, Paul. But what I am going to appeal to is my antidote. I refuse to be weary. I refuse to lose my mind. I refuse to go crazy. So what am I going to do? i got to find my place of prayer. I've got to appeal to the power of God, amen, to come inside of me and equip me and strengthen me. The power not to faint is based on the power that is inside you and not on the circumstances in front of you. We often faint because we attempt to change things externally when they really can only be changed from the outset by a power internally. Some, must, some issues must be resolved first in the inner man before they can be fixed in the physical, visible realm of life. Here's what we do oftentimes is that, I got this. I got this. At least that's what we men folk do. Come on, somebody. I got this. I can handle this. And then something little comes and whips us. I thought I handled that. I thought I can have, I thought I could take care of that. I thought I could overcome that. But it so we retreat and we begin to suck our thumb. It's okay, men. I'm not preaching to the ladies right now. I'm just preaching to us men, folk. I got this. And then when we mess up, we get all down and out. When what Paul is trying to teach us is, is go and pray and say, oh God, I need strength in the inner man because what I'm trying to take care of, I can't take care of on my own. Amen. I've got to find an alternative power source than my strength. I've got to find something else besides my own wisdom. I can't just work this out by myself. Come Holy Spirit. Empower me. Empower that's why you need to be baptized with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues because he said ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you amen that is a power beyond this world beyond this natural beyond the physical beyond the might of man so how do I deal with faint and weariness I go pray for supernatural power to be strengthened with might in the inner man. Can somebody lift up your voices right now and pray that prayer to the Lord? Pray that prayer to the Lord here in this place.
Then he continues with his prayer, and this is what he prays. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Here's what happens when we get inundated by fear, faint, weariness, is that somewhere there's a part of us we have yet to give over to the Lordship of Christ. How many of you have ever ever done this before? You had a guest come to your house, and you've made this statement, make yourself at home. Anybody ever said that? Hey, y'all, y'all, y'all just make yourself at home. Did they go to your bedroom and rifle through your chest drawers and your closet? Did, did they do that? If they did, boy, <laughs> you might need to change what you're saying. Because <clears throat> really we're not saying make yourself at home. We're saying make yourself room. This room. Maybe the bathroom. Maybe the kitchen. Refrigerator's off limits, though, isn't it? But that's what we do with the Lord, isn't it? Oh, Jesus, make yourself at home in my life. Then he goes rifling through our stuff we don't like. I hope they don't pull open that cabinet door. Back in the day uh, when uh, Brother and Sister Magruder, Brother Lester Magruder and his lovely wife were evangelizing, uh, that was a day that there was a lot of debate and discussion over whether people should have a TV in their home, and we get that. How many of you... Remember Sister Magruder. Yeah, what a precious lady. She, they went to this one preacher's home and walked in, and she just walked in and she said, so where are you keeping your TV? And started flipping over in the kitchen cabinets and opened up a cabinet door, and there was the TV. So here's, here's what we do. Jesus, I'm weary and faint, but don't go into this room over here. But Paul says, if you want the antidote, you got to get him in you, all of him in all of you, all of your life, all part of your life. Amen. He must be Lord. That's what we, we know him as Lord, that Christ may dwell, that he may, that word dwell literally means to make home to make home, to set up. So when we say, welcome home, make yourself at home, then we're giving him access to every region of our heart so that we can come to the point where we're living in victory and not in bondage to fear, not in bondage to despair, not in bondage to gloom. Amen. Let's give him every room of our heart. We often talk about want every room of the kingdom. Well, what about giving the kingdom every room of our heart? 
2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We must be connected in him. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20, all the promises of God in him, speaking of Christ, are yea and in him, amen, of the glory of God by us. Hallelujah. How about this? Colossians 1 and 27. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is this, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So Paul is saying you need power from within and you need Christ in you, Christ put in you, Christ being a part of every part of your life. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then he continues to pray in verse 17 that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye being rooted and grounded in love. How many, what's that scripture say? Cast out fear. Perfect, perfect, perfect love casteth out fear. It might be that we got a love issue and we need to be rooted and grounded again in his love. Then he says, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that ye may be, might be filled with all the fullness of God. When we begin to understand the love of God, all of a sudden the frustration of being faint and weary begins to ebb and flow away. His love is greater than my weariness. His love is greater than my, 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 my being in despair or being despondent. Hallelujah, because his love is everlasting. I love what the Bible says. Read 1 Corinthians 13. If I may just quote it from the message, love never gives up. Love never gives up. Love never gives up. Despair gives up. Being faint and weary gives up. Being frustrated and discouraged gives up. But love never gives up. The God kind of love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love uh, doesn't strut in pride, doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others, isn't always me. Where's the shouting now? Love never quits. Yeah, but it's never puffed up either. Help us, Lord. He's so, he's so dead on in his word, isn't he? Love doesn't keep score of the sins of others. Love doesn't revel when others grovel. Love takes pleasure in the flowering of truth and puts up with anything. Trust God always, always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. Love, love. So we have Christ in us working. We have the love of Christ. We have the power of the Spirit working in us is that antidote. And then we come to the scripture that we have quoted many, many times. But let's think of it in the context of a bunch of wearied, disheartened, discouraged, despondent people. You can apply it, I know, to many things. But this is what Paul's talking about here. Unto him, verse 20, that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask, that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh 
in us. He's already said he wanted the Spirit of God to empower them and Christ to dwell in them. So he's working on me. He's making me. I've I've become an instrument in his hands. When it says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, it's not that I'm making myself saved, but rather I become pliable in the hands of the master potter. My clay becomes pliable so he can do whatever he wants. I'm working with him because I'm cooperating with him. I'm working with him because what he's doing on the end I want him doing on the outside. I'm not stubborn and withholding and, and being a rock and being a hardhead, but I want him to I want to be pliable so that he's working with me. Antidote is prayer, me working with God and God working with me, and so that the power of God may do exceeding abundantly <coughs> above all that we ask or think. Wonder-working power. Wonder-working power. So what is the antidote to despair? Prayer. Not just any kind of prayer. It's prayer of dependence. It's a prayer, oh God, I need you to move in my life. I can't work this out with my hands. You work it out with your spirit. Somebody say hallelujah. How many know that God said he'd answer prayer if we prayed? Let me just remind you what the Bible says. Jesus said in John 14 and 13, And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you ask anything in my name. Somebody say the authority, the character, the will, The way, that's what he means when he says, in my name. It's not just simply in Jesus' name. We're saying, according to your character, Lord, according to your authority, Lord, according to your way, according to your name, oh, I'm going to believe it in Jesus' name. He said, ask, and it'll happen. Luke 11 and verse 9, and I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened. But yet we want to wring our hands and bite our nails and be frustrated about where we are. Amen. But right up today and look faint and weary in the face and say I'm going to a prayer meeting I'm going to go to a prayer meeting it may last me all day it may last me five minutes but I'm going to a prayer meeting and I'm going to talk to the one that I can appeal to who's my father who's the power amen his name is higher than any others but we have to ask we have to ask John 15, 7, Jesus said, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Is that in the book? Is that in the book? I know it's on the screen, but is it in the book? Hallelujah, it's time to go back and claim that promise when we pray. Ha, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Micah 7 and 7 says, Therefore, I will look unto the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. My God will, say that with me. My God will hear me. Ooh, glory to your name. 1 John 3 and 22. 1 John 3 and 22. And whatsoever we ask, 
ask, we receive to him because he keeps his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. The power of prayer is that we work with God and God doesn't work for us. Let me say it again. We work with God. God doesn't work for us. That's the way we treat it sometimes. Oh, God fixed this. God changed that. God healed this. God touched that. God do this. God do that. And the Lord's saying, what you doing? At least that's the way he talks to me sometimes. You want me to do X? What, what are you doing? I want to work with him. The, the power of prayer, and I've taught this before, but let me say it again. We think of prayer only in connection with getting something answered. But the real purpose of prayer is getting to know God. Learning his will. The real condition of prayer is finding out what God wants in our life. It's amazing when we get aligned up with God, how much other stuff gets straightened out. 2 Corinthians 6 and 1. We then, as workers together with him. We're workers together with him. God created this earth, and we, 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 we read it in the book of Genesis, that God gave to Adam and Eve dominion over this earth. There is not another physical entity on earth that was given dominion. But man, God gave it to us. God also gave us the, the, the understanding to, t- to care for this earth that we're in. But God will not go back on his word. And a lot of people say, well, why do I have to pray if God is sovereign and if God is, 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 is the king of glory and he knows the, the, the whole understanding of time and all that, why should I pray? Because God is bound by his word. He will not step in until he is asked. And he will not move in the earth until he has a person to help that go along. When God needed an ark, he didn't just poof an ark. He just he could have, couldn't he? It's kind of like the little boy that went to Sunday school, and his mom asked him, said, "We'll just call him Johnny. Johnny, what did you learn?" And he said, "I, I heard the story. Uh, uh, they, they taught the story that the children of Israel." built a bridge and crossed the Red Sea, then blew it up when Pharaoh and his army came on the bridge and they all sunk and drowned. And the mama looked at Johnny and said, are you sure? He said, yeah, but if I told you what they told us in Sunday school, you wouldn't believe me. The fact of the matter is, if we want God to move, we've got to give him access. And if he's going to move, he's going to use a person for access. Whenever he wanted to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt, he had a man by the name of Moses. Whenever he wanted to reinstitute worship in Israel, he had a man by the name of David. The Bible said that God looked for a man to stand in the gap and make up the heads. Why is he doing that? Because he's bound by his word to obey his word. That's why when you pray and I pray... 
We are saying, God, we give you complete and total access. This is your world, but you've given to us to have the authority. Amen. But we want to make sure that you are doing what you want, how you want it. So, God, come and have your way. We give you complete open access to our world. I believe that's the power of prayer. That's how we move God to action is by giving him what he already wants. But he's looking for a person to open the door and work with him. To work with him. Jesus said, Matthew chapter 9, verse 26. He said, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Prayer is the expression of man, maintaining his relationship and unity with God. Prayer is how that, that the invisible part of God connects with the invisible part of man. You see my body, but you don't see my soul, and you don't see my spirit. My body will pray and my hands will move, but really what is happening is that my soul and my spirit is connecting with God. I'm making that connection. I can't see that connection. I don't understand that connection, but he said that's how he operates. So if I'm going to get the promises of God that are in him, in me, then I have to make that connection. He doesn't force himself on us. Somebody say, prayer is legal authority. It's not a religious act. It's legal authority. It's claiming the legal authority that God has given to us. Prayer gives God access to legally operate according to his word. He said he was the healer, and he sent his word and healed them. How do we do that? In the name of Jesus, Lord, heal. He said, if we lay hands on the sick, anoint with oil, the prayer of faith will raise them up. That's access. That's why we pray. Oh, it's just a routine. It's just a habit. No, it is access. God can't move until we obey his word in prayer. <clears throat> Look at 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. Thank you, Sister Hannah, for being patient with me. I jumped, jumped, jumped around. Verse 14. This is the word of God. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know that he hears us whatsoever we ask. And we know that we have the petition that we desire of him. He hears us. He hears us when we pray according to the will of God. That's why I think it's so important to know the will of God in your life. Know the will of God in your life and pray accordingly. Know the will of God in your life and pray accordingly. Jesus knew when he came to earth what his, what his design was, why he was here. And so you find him constantly in an example of prayer, praying the will of the Father. What's the will of God? What's God's will for my life? Even though Jesus knew it, he prayed it. That's very important to understand. So we keep praying. 
even in the face of being faint and weary. That's the answer. Stand with me, please. We often get frustrated in our prayer life because we we seemingly don't see God do something that we want him to do. But there may be multiple reasons why. It may be that he's heard us and he's just not answered. The answer may be wait a while. The answer may be different than what we want it to be. We're looking for the answer to match up what we want. And the Lord said, wait a second, I've got something different. Lord, just have your way. Can we just just say, Lord, have your way? Whatever it is, whatever you want in my life, I give you access, work in me. Lord, you want me, you want me healed completely. Amen. I'm battling this and this and this. You want me to be healed. I'm claiming it in Jesus' name. But I will say this. I'm still going to worship you. I'm still going to love you. I refuse to let that make me weary and faint in my mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I preach to you and talk to you tonight the antidote for despair. Every one of us raised our hands at the very beginning. We've dealt with it. We've all dealt with it. We've all been there. We may even be there right now in despair. Well, let me just say this is the answer. Come come and pray. Come and pray. Come and pray. For the next few minutes, come and pray. Come and pray. Come and find a place and just simply begin to say the will of God is what I want to know. The way of God is what I'm going to follow. Whatever you have for me, Lord, that's what I'm going to do. So I'm going to pray. I'm weary. I'm discouraged. I'm frustrated. Whatever the case may be, but my antidote is prayer. Oh God, have your way. Oh God, I believe you. Hallelujah. Men ought always to Pray and not to faint. Pray, pray, seek his face. Pray, seek his face. Hallelujah, Lord. Let me fulfill your purpose in my life. Lord, and I want you to be Lord of my life. Come inside, oh God. Every recess, every corner. Lord, I've, I've asked for your forgiveness and cleansing, oh God. Oh, if my faintness, God, is because of, of correction, Lord. Let me be right before you. Clean me up, oh God, before you. God, if I made mistakes, oh God, I have faint because of that. Oh Lord, teach me the way. Show me the way, oh God. If I'm faint because of circumstance beyond my control. Oh, Lord, I know you are in control. You are the Lord of my life. You're the Lord of my morning. You're the Lord of my day. You're the Lord of my habits. You're the Lord of my desires. You're the Lord of my passion. You're the Lord, Lord Jesus, of everything that's a part of me. God, and when I stumble, I'm getting up again. I'm going to be victorious again. No matter what the enemy throws my way, God, with man it is impossible but with you all things are possible thank you for joining us today we pray you have been encouraged if you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com Saturday.